following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Well, I'm glad both of you came this morning. Feels a little bit like a TV church nowadays. That's all right. Uh, we're glad that uh, we can gather at all. Um, we are privileged to do so. Um, <clears throat> before I get started, um, I do want to again uh, remind everyone uh, we'll be reading the Christmas we didn't expect um, starting December 1st, which I think is uh, Tuesday. It happens this week, whatever day, it doesn't matter. Your calendar will tell you. And this is a daily reading, uh, just a couple of pages per day. And then we can interact um, if you have comments or questions or anything like that. Things that struck you, um, uh, we'll use the Facebook page to interact uh, that way. So that's been a blessing to us in the past and look forward to to doing that again. Um, I do have to say it's a difficult thing about Advent. We're still digesting uh, turkey from Thanksgiving, and it sneaks up on me every year. So uh, Noah can attest, because we remembered yesterday uh, that uh, today is the first Sunday of Advent to get out the candles and do a reading. So thank you, Noah, for doing that this morning. Well, we're returning in our study to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12. We're going to look at verses 28 through 34, and that's page 848 in the Pew Bibles. Um, I have to admit, uh, every time I look at the scripture in preparation for a Sunday service, um, the topic that is discussed in that section um, pops up on a mental scale in my mind and on uh, um, is uh, one side is oh easy, and the other side oh dear. <laughs> um, this this topic will be easy and fun to deal with, or no no no. What am I supposed to do with this? That's the scale in in my mind. And so just so you are aware, I measure the scripture on this scale every time, and every time I am wrong. It doesn't matter. So when I looked at this text for this morning, I thought, oh, this this would be fun. Um, love God, love your neighbor. I mean, this is a pretty popular. Uh, let's talk about how we can do that, right? Sounds great, right? Yeah. Well, the trouble with that is I don't think that that is the original author's intent. Um, that's not why this passage was included in Mark. That may not be why Jesus said these things at all. So I think we should look at it, and hopefully you'll see what I mean. So Mark twelve twenty-eight, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, asked Jesus, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind 
and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Let's pray together. Father, we ask for your help this morning in uh, rightly dividing the word of truth. We pray, Lord, that your spirit would do the dividing and we would do the listening. That we would hear your spirit speak to us and that we would be changed as a result of our time together in the word. We love you, Lord, and give you this time for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. So this scene uh, is a little different from the ones that we have examined over the last few weeks. Jesus uh, has been questioned over and over by Jewish leaders um, seeking to trap him, trap him in his talk, to try and expose fraud or fanaticism, um, to try to get the people or the authorities to turn against him. But every time... He answers in such a way that has only exposed their uh, shortcomings, their faithlessness, their hypocrisy. But this time, when Jesus is questioned, it's a little different. This time, Jesus is questioned by a man that actually seems sincere. He actually wants to know Jesus' opinion on which commandment was the most important. I don't know if that's a... Uh, a discussion that's good to have or not, I don't really know. But he seems to be sincere in wanting to know the answer. And when he asked, Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, maybe you've heard these before. Uh, Lots of um, churches use this love God, love people as their um, mission statement or motto or whatever. Um, And it's very true. Um, My first thought in approaching this account this morning is uh, love God, love your neighbor, right? Let's start with the more accurate definition of love so we get a full understanding It's not just your feelings of affection or whatever. Let's look at how we apply that to our hearts and our soul and our mind and our strength. And exercise that same love towards our fellow man. Make sense, right? Is that what you're expecting? Uh, Maybe you didn't read ahead, so you didn't know. You just expected to show up. Good job. Well, I'm sure those things, those thoughts would make a fine sermon. However... That's not what you're going to get. I don't know if you're not going to get a fine sermon or not, but you're not going to get teaching on that. Jesus quotes from what is known as the Shema. Um, 
a Hebrew word that means here. And it's a quotation from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. Um, he, he summarizes it, but I'll read you the text so that you understand. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your hearts, with all your soul, and with all your might. Then these words that I command you today shall be on your hearts. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, I don't know if you, rem- if uh, Joel and Michelle remember uh, from 500 years ago when you were in youth group, we did a VBS, uh, and it was all based around this text. And we sang little songs that went with it, and we got necklaces that had the, the Hebrew word Shema on it. And this was a constant reminder, and we sang a song every, every day all week long. Um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I'll spare you from singing it now. Um, uh, but that's immediately where my mind went. You too? <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad I not feel so old. You still remember. It wasn't that long ago. Um, it, Jesus also quotes Leviticus 19.18, when he says, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Robert Jameson wrote, God will have all these qualities in their most perfect perfect exercise. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God, says the law, with all thy heart or with perfect sincerity. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy, thy soul or with the utmost fervor. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy mind or in the fullest exercise of an enlightened reason. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all their strength thy strength, or with the whole energy of our being. See, it's hard to make a whole sermon. That's what it means. It means what it says. John Calvin also wrote, And although we ought to love God far more than men, yet most properly does God, instead of worship or honor, require love from us. Because in this way he declares that no other worship is pleasing to him than what is voluntary. For no man will actually obey God, but he who loves him. But as the wicked and sinful inclinations of the flesh draw us aside from what is right, Moses shows us, shows that our life will not be regulated aright till the love of God fill all our senses. Let us therefore learn that the commencement of godliness is the love of God, because God disdains the forced services of men and chooses to be worshipped freely and willingly. And let us also learn that under the love of God is included the reverence due to him. It's a fine sermon. That's not what we're going to talk about. If that was Jesus' intention to say, this is what it means, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and here's what all of those things mean, love your neighbor as yourself, that's what this means, If that's what Jesus' intention was, the second half of our text this morning makes no sense at all. It doesn't fit. 
The scribe responds. He says to him, you are right, teacher. Thank you. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. You are not far from the kingdom of God. Do you know where not far from the kingdom of God is? Generally speaking, it's outside of the kingdom of God. Like you live next door to it, but you're not in it. Was Jesus right? Is loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength the most important commandment? And the second like it, to love your neighbor as yourself? Was he right? Yes. Please say yes. Of course. But here's the problem. This commandment has something in common with every other commandment. What is it? Right. You've been here before. These two statements from Jesus, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, they are a summary of the two tables of the law. The two tablets. They summarize the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make an idol to bow down to. You shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. You shall keep the Sabbath holy. All these are summarized by Jesus' statement from Deuteronomy. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second table of the law, honoring your father and mother, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not lie, you shall not covet. These all have to do with loving one's neighbor. These are all summarized by Jesus' statement from Leviticus, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the problem that Jesus running into, that the Jews were running into, because the Jews saw the Ten Commandments as instructive. Right? These are your rules for living. They also added, <laughs> to make sure you're getting these ten right, we're going to add 613 more. Or maybe 613 included those ten. So it adds over 600, we'll say it that way. That's 365 things not to do and 248 things to do. Okay? That's the way they saw to honor God. Follow the rules. That's what, that's what religion is all about. Right? Following the rules to show God how much you love him and how worthy you are of his love. That's what religion teaches. And the Jews were hardly the last to think that way. This has been the way of the church as well following the rules to show God how much we love him and how worthy we are of his love. Now, let me ask you, is this the purpose of the law? Is, is that the purpose of the greatest commandment to just show us how we ought to live? 
No, it's not. Alistair Begg said, unless our religion shows us our need of God, our religion will actually keep us from God. This scribe, this well-meaning scribe, agreed with Jesus' words. He agreed with God's desire for obedience rather than sacrifice. But Jesus still said, you're not far from the kingdom of God. You're not in the kingdom of God. That's important. He was near but not in because he didn't see that obeying this great commandment was impossible. He said, this is the rules. I'll follow them the best I can. But that's not what the rule is for. Can we truly love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, all, all, all? Can we do it? No. The answer is no. We can't. All our thoughts, all our feelings, our desires, our purposes, and our actions, do we, do we reflect God's love in all of those things? No. Can we? No. This commandment does what all the commandments do. It reveals our sinfulness and our need of a Savior. It reveals that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This sincere, religious, well-meaning scribe was near the kingdom but not in the kingdom because he didn't recognize his need for God's grace. He didn't hear Jesus' words from all the way back in chapter 1 of Mark. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent to turn away from your own efforts. To show God that you love him and are worthy of his love. Turn away from your own self-righteousness or even your selfish indifference. Turn away from those things and turn towards God. And believe in the gospel. The word that means the good news. That though God commands you to love him with your heart, your whole heart, soul, mind and strength. You can't. And you don't. No matter how hard you try, that though God commands you to love your neighbor as yourself, you can't and you don't, no matter how hard you try. That's the bad news. There's no good news without bad news. Believe the good news that God sent his only son who loves God perfectly, who loves his neighbor perfectly, to take the penalty for our failure to love, our sin, our sinfulness, our selfishness, he took upon himself on the cross. He willingly shed his blood 
so that we, through faith in him, would be forgiven, would be adopted by the Father, and we would be welcomed into his eternal kingdom as his children. This is what the law does. It forces us to look at ourselves. Not in a, well, I'm doing pretty good kind of way. It says, here is the standard. You tell me, do you measure up or not? And if not, what are you going to do? What is there to do? There is nothing to do but cry out to God for mercy. That's it. Because we cannot measure up. Ask yourself, are you like the scribe? Are you near the kingdom of God? but still depending on your own efforts to show that you're good enough to get in? Because if you stay that way, you will be disappointed. Or are you in the kingdom of God? Are you adopted as a child of God by trusting in his grace? You called out to him for mercy. Forgive me, Lord, I can't measure up. But Jesus did. He does. And I need his help. I need to be forgiven. If you are in the seat of the scribe, it is not too late to cry out to God for mercy. Ask him for forgiveness and trust in his son. It is not too late to be adopted as a child of God. We can love because he loved us first. Now that we know Jesus, now that we are trusting in his grace, we can uh, make an attempt to live this way, not to show God that we're good enough, but to show God that we love him enough to try to follow his instructions. But we need to recognize that the law is given to expose our sin. And it has. And it does. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the good news that though you have commanded us to love you with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves, we thank you that though we don't, though we can't love enough We can't do this on our own. We thank you that you have done it for us in Jesus Christ. You have loved perfectly. And because of your love, we too can love. And though maybe the instruction here this morning is not just to make sure we're loving you and loving everybody else the best we can, I pray that we would anyway to love you with all that we have and to love our neighbors to prefer you over ourselves to prefer them over ourselves and Lord if there's anyone that has heard this message this morning that was sitting in the seat of the scribe that's just been doing their level best to love you with all they've got and to love their neighbors and do all the right things 
If there's anyone that's trusting in that to enter your kingdom, I pray that your Holy Spirit will show them the truth, that these words were given to expose our sin, the fact that we can't love you the way that you have commanded. We can't love our neighbors the way that you have commanded. And may they cry out to you for mercy, accepting your son's sacrifice on their behalf, that Jesus' blood was shed for them to pay the penalty for their inability to love you in the way you've commanded. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would continue to speak in our hearts, that you continue to change us and make us like you. We trust you with this word this morning as far as it will go. Your word will not return to you empty, but will do what you have intended it to accomplish. So we pray for that. We love you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.